What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, week 10. Hey, listen, before we started the show, our video producer, Deb, said, let's have an awesome show. And then she said she was counting on all of us. So, Dave, Heath, are you up for the challenge? People are counting on us. Let's have an awesome show. Yeah. What do you say? Yes. That was, <laughs> uh, that's the goal every time we All step right. into our podcast studio. We're, we're know, trying to put together a great show. Yeah. I, I want to start things off on a positive note. Too often we're going back and forth with each other. We're not praising each other. I want to praise Dave Richard. I personally did not have any 9-0 teams. I'm fairly certain. From what I know about Adam Azer's success this year, he did not have any 9-0 teams. Dave Richard had a 9-0 team in the podcast league, and I just want to give him some praise for that. Thank you. Hold on. I'm, getting, I'm guessing part two of this is Heath beat Dave this week. Oh, uh, I am he just pummeled me. Beat, blistering his little bottom. <laughs> of course. Blistering I knew it. What a backhanded right, compliment. 95 points. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Hey, guys. It's over. The dream is over. I'm no job, longer undefeated. Dave. Well, I do have to welcome everybody to the Fantasy Football Today Road Tour presented by Little Caesars. Pizza for dinner tonight. How about ordering your favorite online from Little Caesars and using Pizza Portal Pickup? It's the latest, greatest, and hottest way to pick up a pizza without even going to the register. Well, it was an interesting week. The games, the NFL games were really exciting. Some great finishes. I think it was a weird week. And, fellas, I have three of the most noteworthy Week 10 weirdness items that we had. Here we go. Week 10 weirdness. Is this, is this registering high on the weirdometer? I've, it's blowing the, the weirdometer away. It's off the charts. Adam, Adam, would you say these things are stranger things? <laughs> there you go. I would say that. A show that I recommended to Heath. Okay. Saquon Barkley, 13 carries for one yard, plus five catches for 30 yards, and possibly some x-rays after the game. Cooper Cup, I didn't write his stats in the notes. He didn't have any stats. Cooper Cup did not have a catch. And it's not like this was one of those games where Jared got through for 70, 30 yards. Cooper Cup did not have a catch. And Drew Brees, I mean, this was going to be like one of the leads to the show. He had his worst home game since week 8 of 2017. Maybe 2018, I think that might be a typo. Week 8 of 2018, maybe 2017. It's been a while. And uh, Drew Brees yeah. scored 11 fantasy points at home against the Falcons. That was really surprising, um, but not more surprising than Barkley and Cup. Heath, what is your reaction to the Week 10 Stranger Things? 
I do think that the Jets have shown us probably enough that they just have a good run defense. Other than the touchdowns they gave up early in the year, they've been very good on a per carry basis. Possibly the best team in the NFL coming into this game. The Giants. Are you serious? Is that a, is that a joke? Because I said that they were the, the best. Giants in the Giants' interior NFL. offensive line has not played very well. Daniel Jones is not scaring people in the passing game, despite what he did in this game. Um, I, I I'm a little bit concerned about Saquon Barkley. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. it goes beyond just a bad running performance, right? I mean, and then the you got to so he said they said it on the broadcast that he said that he his ankle is getting better, but obviously he's playing at less than one hundred percent. So, <laughs> and then he got beat up in the game. Yeah, and then he wouldn't comment on it after the game. When they asked him about it, he said, "Next question." Right, pulled a Rosenhaus, and now they're on by, and who knows? You obviously you drop him going into the bye, right? <laughs> I shouldn't even joke. No, you don't. We'll see. You should drop him. Like I Daniel have him Jones on my amazing drop, drop super nine and one team, and I'm not going to drop. him. I love how Heath is Duh. is dissing on Daniel Jones right now, and yet I I'm getting closer to winning that bet because Daniel Jones was one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy. So right now he's number two behind Lamar Jackson going into Sunday night. Dave Cooper Cup no catches. What the hell? It was a bad game for Jared Goff. It was a bad game for the Rams. I think the Steelers' defense deserves some serious props. Every time a ball came near Cooper Cup, it was getting knocked away or it was overthrown because Goff was pressured. Just a really tough spot for the Rams' offense to be in. And, uh, look, it, it happens. The stud players sometimes fizzle out. I don't think this is the start of a trend where he never gets a catch again. I am sure he will bounce back soon. Okay. Yeah, this is like three out of four games where he has, he's had uh, 50 or fewer yards. And in between that, he had his last game, he had 200-something yards. So I think everybody's going to still start Cooper Cup. Here are some other well, weird things. Oh, go ahead. I, I do think his value is going to sink a little bit. They've got the Bears next and then Baltimore after that. So could be a couple weeks here where things get a little ugly for Cooper Cup. They were awful today. I mean, offensively, they yeah. were just awful. They lost once they lost their starting center. Things really went south for them. They had a couple of nice plays. Woods and Everett made some decent catches. Gurley had a couple of nice runs in this in the fourth quarter. But yeah, Goff just did not have it again. Here are some other weird things we saw in Week Ten. More Week Ten weirdness. There was snow in Green Bay. The Dolphins won. The Jets How was won. That weird in on November tenth. It's a little weird. In Green Bay? It's very the cold. The place is called the Frozen Tundra. November it's so 10th? so weird. I, this is an early snow day. It, it, like, it's... It, it's the, no. All right, look it up. Look it up. It, it was a snowy Halloween in I'll Chicago. Yes, that was weird. That's Wasn't south that of weird? Green Bay. That was weird. That's uh, weird. Okay. But two weeks later in Green Bay, no. Not that weird. Uh, the Dolphins and the Jets both won. Tony Brooks James has three first names. That is weird. So to balance it out, we needed some normal stuff in Week 10. Here are some of the normal things that we should expect going forward. Frank Gore couldn't get in from the one-yard line. Jameis Winston threw two interceptions. Kalen Balaj averaged right around two yards per carry. And Odell Beckham struggled. These are fantasy, <laughs> the ba- first, fantasy staples at this point. The first snow of the 2019 season at Lambeau Field was October 29th, two weeks ago. Oh, it wasn't really snowing? There were, what, like flakes? This was like a snow. I, I literally day. Googled the first <laughs> snow at Lambeau Field 2019. I thought it was weird to see all that snow. Okay, uh, we've got HQ, CBS Sports HQ, get the app. 
<laughs> man. Um, and uh, watch Fantasy Football Today on demand on the CBS Sports HQ app. So Fantasy Football Today airs noon Eastern, Monday through Friday, and 10 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. This is the video version of it, and uh, you, you can watch that on HQ. Just download the CBS Sports HQ app. You can see it on demand. Not the Sunday show, but the Monday through Friday ones. And congratulations to Laura from Michigan. She sent the best gif to describe her team. New giveaway coming up uh, next, on Monday. We'll post it. So go to the Facebook group, Fantasy Football Today. Well, let's, uh, let's get our karate kid on here. Okay. Who were the best in Week 10? Lamar Jackson and Daniel Jones. I got two from each position. They didn't necessarily finish 1-2, but they came close. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Daniel Jones, Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, Christian Kirk, Darius Slayton, Mark Andrews, and O.J. Howard. You are the best. Do we have anything to say about Lamar Jackson that's interesting? Nothing that you didn't already know. He's amazing. Really great game. Beat up on a bad opponent. Going to be fun to see the what should be a pretty high-scoring game between the Texans and the Ravens next week. <laughs> Such a mismatch. Okay, so how about Daniel Jones? Do we hold on to him? He's about 75% owned, Daniel Jones. He was started in 39% of leagues, and he now has three games with 35 to 37 fantasy points in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. Those are massive games. Uh, they came against the Bucks, Lions, and Jets. And no more than 14 fantasy points in any of those other five games. Those are bad games. Do we hang on to him for the bye week, uh, through the bye week? He's at Chicago, then Green Bay, then at Philadelphia, or let go of Daniel Jones? I think you can I let think, him go. Yep. It's pretty okay. simple. You're not going to feel good using him as a bye week replacement in week 12. And then the byes are gone after that. Everybody's playing week 13 on. So unless you're streaming quarterbacks and you're you're plotting a week or two ahead, Daniel Jones won't even be on your roster, or I should say shouldn't be on your roster. Obviously, it's different in keeper leagues, dynasty leagues. He's going to be there, no duh. But as far as him being a regular week-in, week-out starter, we can't say that about him yet. But when he does get into that stretch later on in the year against Philly, Miami, and Washington, maybe he'll be back. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Depends on just how you're feeling about your quarterback spot. All right. So we look at the running backs then. Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones are numbers one and two uh, by a long shot. Derrick Henry, 30 fantasy points in non-PPR plus two catches. 23 carries, 188 yards, two touchdowns. Heath, on Wednesday, we do buy low, sell high, and Derrick Henry's name comes up in the sell high section maybe half the time, uh, including I, I kind of made the case against him you know, going forward because his schedule is about to get pretty tough. So... You know, should we just keep him, or would you actually look to sell Derrick Henry? I know he has a buy next week, but then you know it gets tough after that. I think you probably just keep him. I mean, in this game, even the game script was not in his favor. The encouraging thing was the Titans just kept running the ball even when they were playing from behind, and you just kind of have to count on him in the second half. If he gets twenty carries, eventually you're going to get to the point where he breaks the sixty or seventy yard run, and that's what he did in this game. Then he also got the goal line carry late in the game. Um, I like he's a high end number two running back. I don't think anyone's giving you anything more than that for him. So I'm holding on to him. You can't put him in the top 12, huh? No, not quite. Not in PPR at least. He's, he deserves it. No, he's getting so many touchdowns and he's got a ton of games here with lots of yards. I know he doesn't catch the ball that much, 
but uh, he's he's a good running back for fantasy. Yeah, he is, but he but he's not top ten in PPR most weeks. He really he had this stretch before the last two games, or like four out of five games, or five out of six, where he was not even top twenty in PPR. So that's why I just thought, you know, he's obviously good. I'm not dumping on Derrick Henry, but he doesn't catch passes, and if he doesn't score, he usually gives you like you know ten points in PPR. Is not good. So uh, Jacksonville Colts Raiders. Houston Saints, like Houston and the Saints in weeks fifteen and sixteen. That could, that's bad. Well, maybe anyway, maybe that Houston. You don't game have is bad. to. I'm not him. sure. I'm not ready to say that that's bad. He's good. Uh, but who who would you rather have, Derrick Henry or Aaron Jones? Because even though Aaron Jones had 13 carries, 93 yards, three touchdowns, he still he did not have any catches. So then that's two games now with Devontae Adams back, where he has one catch, right? Combined, um, one catch for negative one yard in the last two games with Adams healthy. And he has had two games all year with more than 13 carries. So, Derrick Henry or Aaron, Aaron Jones, Dave? I I think I might. I'm going to take Jones in PPR. I think I'm going to take Henry in non. I know it sounds a little crazy, but he's just, to me, he's just, he's a guy that can just keep finding the end zone. He's the centerpiece of his offense. He's not sharing like Aaron Jones is sharing. They're both really good, but I would still have Derrick Henry in non-PPR. Okay. Was this a... What, what did you make of this game, Heath? Because like, his touchdown rate's insane, Aaron Jones, and he's just not getting a ton of work, what you'd expect from a guy that you're going to be relying on to bring you home a fantasy championship, you know? Yeah, it's just one of those situations where is he going to be as good as he has been? No, but I'm pretty sure he has been a top four or five fantasy running back. So you don't need him to be that good to believe he's a top 12 guy. He can regress a little bit in terms of the touchdown rate and still be fine. All right, let's look at the top wide receivers. Christian Kirk, three touchdowns. His first three of the season, he did it at Tampa Bay, and it looked like a good matchup, and it certainly was. Six catches, 138 yards, and three touchdowns. And the other one is Darius Slayton, who is a winner for Heath, actually. So, Heath, I'll throw it to you, Christian Kirk and Darius Slayton, two of the best this week at wide receiver. If there was any doubt who the number one wide receiver in Arizona is, that was uh, settled loudly today by Christian Kirk. And he has been, really, for about the, ever since he came back from injury. So I think you can just treat him as a borderline top 25 guy with upside each week. And this was just a fantastic matchup. Slayton... I'm very encouraged by the way he's being used down the field, the way he's winning in tight situations. And he may remain relevant even if Sterling Shepard comes back. And who knows if Sterling Shepard's coming back? What if Evan Ingram comes back? Would that affect Darius Slayton to you? Not for me, no. I think there's enough targets to go around for Tate, Slayton, and Ingram. This was Kirk's second double-digit fantasy point game in non-PPR this year. So PPR, I think people were rolling with him anyway, but... I, I would I would have some hesitation to just lock Christian Kirk into my lineup in non PPR leagues. I'd want to consider other options, and that includes next week when they're at San Francisco. I don't know if it's going to be a slam dunk for him then. All right, Kirk and Slayton were the top two wide receivers going into Sunday night. The top two tight ends. Well, things have changed a little bit. I mean, it's Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. We're not going to talk about Kelsey, but Andrews with a nice game: six catches, fifty three yards, and two touchdowns. How about Jack Doyle and O.J. Howard? Uh, so that, so it's Andrews, Kelsey, Doyle, Howard. That's your top four at the position right now. Um, and actually, Greg Olson's in there as well at tight end. But uh, I can't, so we don't, I can talk about everyone. But, but Dave, O.J. Howard, was it just because he played the Cardinals? Or is there something we can actually, you know, 
take and say, hey, maybe we should pick up O.J. Howard. Four catches, 47 yards, and a touchdown on seven targets. 51% owned. Is there this going to be a second-half surge for O.J. Howard? I I did feel like they were trying to get O.J. Howard a little more involved than normal, especially in the red zone. So happy to see that. Happy to see him get seven targets, even if it costs Mike Evans some targets because Mike Evans only had six. And Jameis threw the ball 48 times, so he had about one-seventh of the total target share. When Jameis eventually has a game where he attempts 33 or 34 passes, that might only mean four or five targets for O.J. Howard. It's nice. If you if you had the chutzpah to start him, I'm I'm happy for you. That's a good call. You I played did. the matchup, and it paid off. But can't say that it's going to be this way every week for O.J. Howard at this point. He will not be a top waiver wire priority for me. Okay. Heath, who would you rather have rest of the season? O.J. Howard or Jack Doyle or Greg Olson? Um, who is their matchup next week? I don't think any of those guys are guys that I'm putting on my roster and planning on starting them. Who do you want to know about Heath? It's totally a weekly streaming situation. So whoever has the best matchup next week. All right. For example, OJ Howard's got the saints next week. And I know the saints just allowed a touchdown to, to Austin Hooper, but I, I could see OJ Howard having a massive regression this coming week. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't really have a lot of interest in him this week. All right, we'll get to the big news now. Saquon Barkley, again, he's got this injured ankle. If there's any type of injury, Wayne Gallman might be popular, and we'll just call this the big news slash an early look at the waiver wire. Wayne Gallman is 14% owned, and in week four without Barkley, he had 24 touches. He had over 100 total yards. He scored two touchdowns. He scored 21 non-PPR and 27 PPR fantasy points against the Redskins, but they do have a bye coming up. Uh, Matthew Stafford is week to week with broken bones in his back. Yikes. But more importantly, in terms of the waiver wire, Ty Johnson was evaluated for a concussion. And J.D. McKissick, Keith, he had 16 touches. He had 10 carries. He had six catches. Uh, is this someone we should be excited about picking up? Or, or do you think there's a roster move coming? For, like, J.H.I. We've been asked about J.H.I. for like five weeks yeah. now. You know? A week ago, I thought he was on his way to Detroit. Might yeah, I, I don't think like you used the word excited and there will not be a running back for the Detroit Lions that I am excited about for the rest of the 2019 season. JD McKissick might be a guy that we add begrudgingly next week because Ty Johnson's out. We're going to start JD McKissick as a flex or a low end number two running back in PPR, but excited is not the word I would use. Well, then is that the word you would use for Brian Hill? Because the Falcons had two injuries today. Austin Hooper got hurt, left with a knee injury, but Devontae Freeman left with an ankle injury. And Ido Smith's on IR. Brian Hill caught a touchdown. They're at Carolina next week, who's terrible against the run. Their next two matchups then are Tampa Bay and New Orleans, who are really good against the run. But we know you're going to catch passes if you're the Falcons running back. So, Dave, would you be excited to add Brian Hill for the Falcons? As of now, he is my number one guy to add off the waiver wire. And we might talk about somebody else and I'll, you know, the light bulb will go off over my head and I'll say, yes, that guy should be ahead of Brian Hill. But we know that Devontae Freeman has dealt with injuries throughout the last couple of seasons. He may have incurred another serious one now. Ito Smith is already on injured reserve. There will probably be some sort of worked, shared workload between Brian Hill and maybe Kadri Allison. 
But I think Brian Hill has proven enough that he can be serviceable, and you're going to want a running back who's going to get 15-plus touches for the home stretch. He might have a chance to really prove himself here in Atlanta. So I wouldn't mind getting him, especially if I was running back needy, uh, and he's got the great matchup next week. Two weeks after that, like you said, not so good, but he can catch passes out of the backfield. Yeah. He can help us out that way. So there's there's a, there's a lot to be interested in with Brian Hill. Le'Veon Bell was shaken up. Bilal Powell was in killing the clock at the end of the game. Jared Goff hurt his hit, but he returned. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was evaluated for a concussion. That was at the very end of the game. Saints cornerback Marshawn Lattimore left with a hamstring injury, and Patrick Peterson hurt his calf. So two of the best corners in football, they both left with injuries, and we'll check on their status. Other guys that might be popular waiver wire picks, Darius Slayton, um, James Washington. Yep. Two good games in a row for James Washington. Uh off the top of my head, that's that's a pretty much it was is Gallman, McKissick, Brian Hill was number one, and then Slayton and James Washington. I got a, I got a couple others who didn't play today. OJ Howard, who yeah, I think would be popular off the waiver wire. Darius Geis still out there in about forty three percent of CBS Sports leagues. Good stash. Looks like he's got a chance to play in week eleven. Dee Dee Westbrook. About half unowned in CBS Sports Leagues, and Nick Foles is coming back, so hopefully that connection will be there. Philip Dorsett is another one. Nice matchup against Philly in Week 11. Uh, And then two other guys, one who did play today and one who played on Thursday. Hunter Renfro, PPR Leagues. He's part of the reason why Darren Waller isn't Darren Waller anymore. And Taylor Gabriel has at least nine PPR points each of his last three games. He's the number two receiver for Chicago, and I think he's going to stay that way because Anthony Miller just can't get his act together. And he's had some success, believe it or not, with Mitchell Trubisky, including a touchdown on Sunday. All right. Trubisky, by the way, has had 24 or 25 fantasy points three of his last five games. The other two have been terrible. But that's an early look at your waiver wire. we got a whole Tuesday show dedicated to that. Before we get into winners and losers, have you ordered a pizza online from Little Caesars yet? If not, you're missing out on Pizza Portal Pickup. What is Pizza Portal Pickup? It's like getting a pizza right out of the oven yourself. You walk in, you enter a code on the portal, a door opens, and you're off with your favorite pizza. And whatever pizza you order, it'll have crazy, crazy amounts of toppings. It's fun. Give it a try, but it's only available at Little Caesars Pizza Pizza. All right, winners and losers. So today, one of the big themes of Week 10 were these running back battles and how these backfields were going to look. You're talking Kansas City, Cleveland, um, Tampa Bay. There were like six or seven of them that were really in play. New Orleans, Arizona. So some of these are going to come up through the winners and the losers, and the ones that don't come up, we'll cover them afterwards. Heath, your, your winners, Damian Williams and Darius Slayton. We already talked about Slayton. But Damian Williams, 67% started, 97% owned, and LaShawn McCoy, a healthy scratch. So your thoughts now on the Chiefs' backfield as they uh, have the Chargers next week and then a bye. Yeah, I mean, I think that we got the clearest indication yet that Andy Reid wants Damian Williams to be his running back because Williams did the same thing that LaShawn McCoy got benched for, fumbling to the other team, possibly costing his team the game for a touchdown. And he came right back out and got more touches. was given 20 four touches in this game despite being ineffective and I, that's a that's a major positive for him if you got if you think he's gonna get 15 to 20 touches on a weekly basis for the Kansas City Chiefs he's probably going to be a top 15 or top 20 running back 
Top 20 for sure. Another week where he had 73% of the snaps. I think one of the reasons why he went right back in after the fumble is because who else was Andy Reid really going to lean on? Was he going to discipline Damian Williams and use Daryl Williams and Darwin Thompson? Remember, he couldn't turn to LaShawn McCoy and say, okay, LaShawn, go in there, do your thing. He made him inactive. He couldn't use Shady. So I I, I think I'm going to be with you on this one, Heath. I think he's a top 20 running back. Love the matchup against the Chargers next week. Yeah. I think he'll have a chance to do really well in that game. And I you, you can't turn away from the rushing attempts that he had, from the to- the total touches that he had. That's a career high. Exciting. Oh, no, and regular season. And he looked, I, he looked pretty good again, second week in a row, other than the fumble yeah. where he looked pretty good. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Well, that's I, I mean, Heath. He was fine. It was yeah. like 77 yards on 19 carries is fine. It's fine. Yeah, well, I think what was really encouraging for Williams is that, like, you look at Daryl Williams, right? What's encouraging for Damian Damian Williams is looking at Daryl Williams because there were two games that Damian missed, and Daryl was elevated to the number two role, and he had 12 touches in one of them, and he had 11 in the other. No, he had 14 in one of them and 11 in the other. He had nine and eight carries. And they, he had three touches in this game. So they really did not use multiple backs, probably for the first or second time this season where they just didn't use two. All right, Dave's winners. Let's go to the Bucks backfield, Ronald Jones. You know, we said it all along. He's a pass-catching running back, Ronald Jones. That's what you, <laughs> that's what you want him for. Eight catches for 77 yards. 11 carries, 29 yards, and a touchdown. Eight catches for 77 yards. He also fumbled. And Peyton Barber did have also have 11 carries for more yards, and he scored a goal line touchdown. So is Ronald Jones really a winner? Because the eight catches are propping him up, and that was unexpected. Yeah, right. And if he continues to get that role in the passing game, then of course he's a winner. Yeah. And I think at this point, anybody that's getting that type of workload, um, as surprising as it was, I, I think fantasy managers are going to have no choice but to use Ronald Jones if they want to, it depends on how uh, how the rest of their roster shakes out. He led the Bucks in playing time. He had 46% of the of the snaps. It's not great. You'd expect that to be a little bit higher, but Peyton Barber really did get a good opportunity late in the game. And I thought he looked good catching the ball and making plays. He had a nice catch and run very early on in the game. That kind of buoyed his stats. He had a career high in catches and yards, I believe by halftime. He already had that. And I'm I'm hoping that he put enough on film where Tampa Bay could say, all right, let's run with this. He's going to be great. And that means he could share carries with Peyton Barber, but he's kind of pushed out Daria Goombawale, and now he's the guy that's going to be in there in pass-down situations, and that just really ups his value. But, but the, I, are you buying that, you know? That's the thing. I, I thought he was a winner at halftime. I thought yeah. he was a winner at halftime. I, I, I wasn't so sure in the second half. He fumbled, and then Peyton Barber got that second-half touchdown. A lot of his production in the passing game seemed to come relatively early on. Um, I was pretty excited about Peyton Barb or about Ronald Jones after last week. I'm a little bit nervous right now. Yeah, it's You're interesting. Well, That's look, interesting. Well, I mean, I look, I kind of sort of illustrated that running back catches is a pretty fluid stat. You know, it's not something you can rely on. So I think it's disappointing that he had the same amount of carries as Peyton Barber Barber. That Ronald Jones scored like a six-yard touchdown, which was nice, but Peyton Barber had the one-yard touchdown, and still, I believe at the end of this game, we're going to see zero carries all season long inside the five-yard line for Ronald Jones. He's had a few right at the five, but I don't don't know that he's the goal line guy, and I don't buy that he's going to be a huge pass catcher because nobody on this, no running back has, so it didn't didn't feel like a total win, 
for Peyton Barber. So you, for you guys think that this is like an outlier for him, that he's not going to be a pass catcher moving forward and that he just has this nice game Maybe. with eight catches for 77 yards and they're not going to do anything with it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I'm not convinced. I feel, I feel pretty good about it. I think he gave them another reason to utilize him. And I don't know. If the, I don't. I don't see the fumble costing him major playing time. Uh, here's your other winner, Dave. Marquise Brown, 84% owned, only 42% started. Only four targets, but he caught all of them for 80 yards and a touchdown at the Bengals. Marquise Brown. This was after four straight games with less than 50 receiving yards um, against kind of tough matchups. But yeah, Marquise Brown's a winner, and he's got Houston coming up. And each of his past three games, he had zero deep targets, nothing down the field. And the first play of this game was like a 49-yard bomb to Marquise Brown. So it looks like his speed's back. Looks like he's going to continue to be – he was already playing a lot on offense. Now it looks like he's going to start to get that target share kicking back up in the right direction. And, uh, yeah, next week against Houston, got to feel good about him as a – High, high upside number two fantasy wide receiver. In my mind, I, I know I don't even have to ask Keith, but I will. But I know what he's going to say. I think I know what both of you guys are going to say, and I have a feeling you're going to say a different answer. Rest of season, Christian Kirk or Marquise Brown? Kirk. Also Kirk. Oh, Although it's okay. a lot closer. It's a lot closer in non-PPR. All right. So I knew, fact, I knew he was you might be able Kirk. to make the call to go with Brown and non-PPR. Uh, okay. All right. I feel, I feel half right then. I knew but PPR. It, how can you say no to Christian Kirk at this point? Yeah. He does get a lot of cap because he doesn't score. Like he doesn't score against anyone not named Tampa Bay. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I agree. I mean, Though the, we're talking about so two targets, receivers, so many targets, two receivers that, that took great advantage of really easy matchups. Yeah, and when they have easy matchups again moving down the line, yeah, you'll start them. It's not going to be the case for Kirk next week. I think the 49ers, especially in San Fran, will be a little tough. But the volume has been there. He's been the leading target getter. I think each of his last five games that he's played in oh, wow. for Arizona. And right. so yeah, Christian Kirk is still going to be that dude, especially in PPR. All right, let's go to the losers and let's take a look, Dave, at the Cardinals' backfield. This was terrible, terrible, terrible. David Johnson had five yeah. carries and one catch. He had 10 total yards, and he fumbled. Kenyon Drake had 16 <laughs> touches to six for David for David Johnson. Um, he had 10 carries, and five of them came after David Johnson's fumble. I don't think David Johnson had a carry after his fumble. Uh, so, yeah, he did. He had zero carries after he fumbled, and Kenyon Drake had five. All right, what do you think? Can you start either of these guys next week? David Johnson and Kenyon Drake, they have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They don't have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They, they just have the, the I'm Buccaneers. sorry, they have the San Francisco 49ers, as we were just saying with Christian Kirk. There That's you know. going to be, that That seems like it's going to be a little bit tougher of a matchup, but we'll see what that 49ers run defense looks like against Seattle without Quan Alexander. Drake played almost two-thirds of the snaps. That tells me that David Johnson just isn't quite all the way back yet. And if he got benched for fumbling, kind of a kind of a weak sauce move from Cliff Kingsbury to take your running back who was already the best part of your offense when you got to Arizona. Now he's not the best part of the offense. Kyler Murray is the best part of this offense. But whatever, whatever, you know, they just gave they gave Kenyon Drake more run and uh, they couldn't really run the ball that much. And they had to rely on Kyler Murray in the game. And I think everybody that's got David Johnson, how many times have you been disappointed in this guy 
in the last three or four weeks. Well, it's just been yeah. nightmare after nightmare with him. And I think people are going to get to the point where they're just not going to want to start him. They're going to say, I'll find somebody else. I'll go use Ronald Jones or mm-hmm. whoever at running back and, and not even bother with David Johnson anymore. Okay. That was going to be my question, I guess. Your other losers, Drew Brees. And uh, Drew Brees, did I skip Heath's winners? No, I didn't. I got nope. Heath's winners. I okay. You got Heath's winners. You wrote, didn't get to his losers yet, though. I wrote winners where his losers are. Got all thrown off there. Uh, Drew Brees, do you, is this just a bad game or, or a cause for actual concern? I hope it's just a bad game because the schedule coming up for him is still really good. They've got Tampa Bay. They've got Carolina. And then they have Atlanta again. I was stunned by how often the Falcons pass rush were in the backfield. And that I, I don't know if it's the offensive line just had a day off for the Saints or if Drew Brees was holding on for too long or what happened. That's one that we're going to have to review and, and kind of dissect a little bit because this was supposed to be a matchup where Drew Brees at home offensive line dominated. Was bad. The bit line was yeah. bad. He got sacked a ton. They were all over him, yeah. and it was weird. And they lost one of their linemen, I think, in this game. Andrews Pete they lost. But, um, yeah, it was bad. But I, I, you still consider him a stud going forward or no? Drew Brees. I, I think you'll probably still start him, but you may want to consider some other options just before you you finalize your lineup. All right, Heath, I'm ready for your losers now. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, great. Robbie Anderson, one catch for 11 yards on three targets. Calvin Ridley, three catches for 28 yards on five targets. Go for it. Very similar wide receivers. A big play in theory, but we haven't seen a lot of big plays from them. I believe just one game now from Robbie Anderson with Sam Darnold. He has more than 43 yards this season. Darnold's just dumping everything off. Even in a game where he had some fantasy success, Anderson was not involved. And this was now the second game for Calvin Ridley without Muhammad Sanu. We just have not seen the jump in targets that we were hoping for. Ridley looks like a boomer bust flex on a week-to-week basis. And are you dropping Robbie Anderson? Uh, you can drop Robbie Anderson, I think. Okay. So can you drop Calvin Ridley. I don't want to, but I could understand if you did. Yeah, I don't want to either. Uh, look, that was a. I mean, that was one of. So I had three bonanzas, right, Dave? <laughs> what were they? Yeah, you it was did. That game. There was Tampa Bay, Arizona, and uh, one more. Uh, it was an NFC home game. I know that. I don't remember what it was exactly, but uh, yeah, that was it. That was. I do not remember your bonanzas. It'll come to me. It'll come to me when we get to it. Hey, those backfield battles. Green Bay, Carolina. I don't think so. No. Was that the one you psyched everybody out on? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Let's just go with that. Um, no, I think Minnesota, Dallas. Uh, whatever. Anyway, that's uh, what I think it was. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So, I got sorry. Before we get to the backfield battles, I got to tell everybody about SeatGeek. Well, first of all, we got to thank SeatGeek. Thank you, SeatGeek. They support our show for years now. And that just makes us go. And we appreciate that. And we appreciate your support, SeatGeek. So if you're a loyal listener to this show and you want to help us out and help SeatGeek out, you should use the app and you should use the promo code FFT. It's important that you support our sponsors as they support us. So SeatGeek is an easy one to support, okay? It doesn't cost you anything. In fact, it saves you a ton of money. Next time you want to go to a game or a concert, comedy, theater, and you want guaranteed tickets, every purchase is fully guaranteed on SeatGeek. You download the app or you can go to the website and you look for your seats and they bring in results from everywhere, from all over the web. You get millions of tickets in one place on SeatGeek. You've got great customer satisfaction. You've got over 50,000 five-star reviews in the app store. 
And SeatGeek pulls in those tickets and rates them on a scale of 1 to 10. You can see the best deals. You can see the best values, where you should be buying your tickets. You can sort by price or you can sort by deal score. You can get rid of all the fees or you can show the, rather, you can show the price with all the fees. And, of course, use that promo code FFT for 10 bucks off your first purchase. Again, you download the SeatGeek app. If you've never made a purchase there, buy some tickets. Promo code is FFT. Get 10 bucks off your first purchase. Promo code FFT for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Well, let's see what we haven't covered here. Heath, let's talk about Cleveland. Nick Chubb got 20 carries, and Kareem Hunt got four. But Nick Chubb got two catches, and Kareem Hunt had seven catches against the Bills. He had 77 total yards and seven catches. So not a bad game for him. He was started in 31% of leagues. I went, I did the math. Going into the game, Nick Chubb had... 25 catches for 161 yards. I said, let's take where he is after uh, nine weeks on a per-game basis, which was fourth in non-PPR, sixth in PPR, or fifth in PPR. And let's take away half of his receiving points. So half of his yards and half of his catches. And where does that drop him to? Well, he would have been the number six running back in non-PPR, but he actually would have fallen all the way to 12 in PPR. Now that you see him getting kind of uninvolved in the passing game. What's your reaction to the Cleveland backfield? Yeah, I don't know that I can make much out of one game where he catches two passes when he had two or fewer catches in three of his last five games. Like, Nick Chubb doesn't have a huge amount of involvement in the passing game as it is. Now, this was a unique game because I would not anticipate a lot of games in the future where Chubb and Hunt are able to combine for 33 touches. If you look at the split just from a ratio point it's a two to one split that's more than i expected hunt to get in terms of percentages in his very first game and it makes me a little bit worried about nick chubb but still like those numbers you just gave he's still a top 12 running back in both formats he's still someone you're starting in all scenarios i don't really buy that kareem hunt is going to have some value to a fantasy owner other than being a handcuff for nick chubb but isn't it encouraging to see him get seven catches in his first game and to see yeah. him look halfway decent in his first game? Sure. And then the Browns won the game. So I'm sure they're they're not going to go back to the drawing board and say, well, I guess we can't use him. You know, it was nice they had seven catches. No, he looked good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about how these guys are going to do against Pittsburgh next week. I think that's going to be a tough game for both of them. Well, Chubb's been running pretty well on everyone. He had 125 total yards, 116 running rushing yards, and he had some opportunities for touchdowns but could not get in from, from short yardage. Oh, my God. They had eight <laughs> plays in a row from two yards or closer. Seven of the eight plays were from one yard out, <laughs> and they couldn't get in, and Amazing. Chubb was very involved in that. It's brutal. All right, so Kansas They're City. lucky they won. Kansas City, we already looked at. Damian Williams is, is ahead of the pack. He had... Uh, he had 24 touches in this game. New Orleans, we didn't talk about. This was a, not quite as bad as Arizona, but it was bad. Alvin Kamara, he had eight catches, so that was nice. But four carries for 24 yards. Latavius Murray had five catch, five carries for 12 yards. They, they had, I think they ran 10. I think they had 10 running plays in this game. It's crazy. Um, but Kamara had the eight catches. Murray was useless. Heath, what's your take on the Saints right now? 
the Falcons are another one of these teams that are very bad defensively, but happen to be good against running backs on a per carry basis. So I don't know that I'd make much out of the rushing production. I was glad that a lot of the passing work work went to Kamara. It did seem like Breeze was looking downfield a little too long when Kamara was open short. And maybe that's why some of the pressure was a problem. But for the most part, I think Kamara is going to be just fine. It was not an encouraging outing for Murray. Kamara played almost 80% of the snaps, so so much for sharing a lot with Murray. And we joked about this on the radio show, Heath, about how, oh, there could be a scenario where the Falcons have a lead and and Latavius Murray is out of the game script. Ho, 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 like that's going to happen. And then it happened. It's pretty wacky that it happened, but it happened nonetheless. It left people that started Murray feeling very sad. All right, Murray also got a first and goal carry from the five. He was in the game on second and goal from the five. And then Kamara came in on third and goal. And then first and goal from the 10, Kamara was in. This was later in the game. Murray came in on second and goal. He did get some work inside the 10-yard line and even at the 5-yard line. All right, and then finally, we talked about Tampa Bay. So let's talk about the Bills. Devin Singletary versus Frank Gore. Singletary, 8 carries, 42 yards, 3 catches for 8 yards. Frank Gore, 5 carries for 12 yards and one catch for four yards. So Frank Gore got the goal line work. Dave, what do you think about Devin Singletary going forward? Yeah, and Gore had a touchdown called back as well. Singletary still played about 67% of the snaps, so two-thirds of the snaps. It's been three straight games for him with that. I thought he'd get more work. I thought Buffalo would try and run the ball a little bit more in this game. Josh Allen was off on this game as a passer, as a runner. He was great. He stole touchdowns from both of our guys, Gore and Singletary. I, I think Singletary still has has upside as a number two running back. I'm not ready to crawl into a hole after after what we saw in this game, and I'm not excited about Frank Gore either. I think no. it's Singletary is the only running back in Buffalo for with fantasy value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just hope Gore doesn't take all those goal line touches because that is so dumb. I mean, he's doing such a bad job there. Just stop with it. All right, we're going to take a quick break they here. They did stop with it. They went with Josh Allen. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. Quick break on fantasy football today, and when we come back, believe it or not, courtesy of Heath Cummings, and then I will tell him how bad his believe it or nots are and do my own. We'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It was a shootout in New Jersey. Jets 34, Giants 27, Adam Azer angry slammed his <laughs> fist into the pillow to let out some aggression. Stupid, stupid team. All right, anyway, uh, Heath, believe it or not. I'm happy that your team lost because that was <laughs> like that, that's what your team is cheering for. I I'm believe sorry it. that you don't I believe get it. that. Yeah, believe it. Believe it or not, Darius Slayton is wor- worth holding um, and will be youth- worth using even after Evan Ingram comes back. Dave, you uh, go he first. played so good. He played so good today, and he was so bad last week. I I don't mind dedicating a roster spot to him over the Giants' bye week, and he could end up getting some pretty significant targets if Saquon Barkley ends up not playing. We don't know what his deal is as of Sunday night. 
but he's at Chicago and then it's Green Bay at Philly, Miami at Washington. It's almost like if you if you're going to hold on to Darius Slayton or if you're going to it's not really about holding on because he's out there in the leagues. If you're going to add Darius Slayton during the bye week, you almost want to commit to him over the rest of the season because obviously you can't use him in week 11. You're not going to feel good about using him in week 12 at Chicago. Believe and then it or there's not, that four week stretch. Believe it or not. I'm, I'm trying to talk myself into an answer here. I'm not sure okay, how I feel okay. about it. I'm going to say not. There's just too many bad games, you know, too many bad games. Um, well, are, is, are there too many or are there too many too soon? No, I'm saying there are too many bad games in his past. You know, like oh, he's had good games before, okay. but I'm just I'm not gonna quite believe it. So I'm gonna say not. Heath I don't think you have to believe it. Heath not. Um yeah, I I don't believe it. Okay. Uh believe it or not, Le'Veon Bell is better than Nick Chubb rest of season. Don't believe it. I don't I don't think so. It's kind of funny because Bell last week he had he had like twenty PPR fantasy points right around there, and this week how many did he have? He had 60, sixteen. He had sixteen. Mm-hmm. And, and it seems like he's playing so poorly. <laughs> yeah, it's really true. You know? No, I don't. I mean, because his yards per carry is just awful, and he's faced the Dolphins and the Giants the last two weeks, but scored a touchdown this week. Had eight catches last week. All right. Uh, he's, he's at Washington in week 11. Yeah, his schedule's great. Look, he's 88% started, so I think people still know that it's just the volume gets him there. Uh, your thoughts on Jamison Crowder? He's 70% owned. If he were available on waivers, would he be one of your top priorities? Oh, revenge game next week. Yeah, absolutely. He'd yeah. be a priority. Yeah. He'd, yeah, I, a low-end priority. I like... Six targets for Jamison Crowder is not going to work out very well very often. Well, what did he have last week? He had nine last week. And he had four the week before that. Yeah, but he had nine last week. Okay, Chicago 20 (laughs) and Detroit 13, Heath. None of the Lions running backs matter. I think think you have to believe that because even with a golden opportunity, J.D. McKissick didn't average four yards per carry. He didn't even average four yards per catch. He just he had good volume, and you were lucky to get 10 PPR points out of him, and that might be close to his ceiling from week to week. Okay, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll believe it. I'll say he probably should be owned in PPR leagues, but as a desperation play. Heath, J.D. McKissick? Yeah, I believe it. I don't uh, like. I like JD McKissick as a player, but this is just a bad situation. I think he matters as a desperation play in PPR, but I don't think he matters as a weekly contributor. Right? Is he going? Believe it or not, JD McKissick will be on fantasy rosters once the bye weeks are over in week thirteen. Twenty percent of fantasy rosters. He'll be on some. Yeah. Okay. Uh, believe It'll it or not, be low. Tariq Cohen does not matter in fantasy. Uh, that's wrong. Obviously, he scored. Oh, well, so he, he scored. mattered this week, but he was on a lot of people's benches. He also had the best possible LA. matchup this right. week. He's at L.A. next week. So if you're, if you're keeping him, I think you're doing it so that you might use him against the Giants in, in week number 12 as a bye week replacement. I, I think I'd rather start Tariq Cohen next week than any Lions. 
Sure. That makes sense. Yeah, he's at the but, Rams, by the way, not just not just Los Angeles, specifically the yeah, Rams. Yeah, I'm sorry. I should have qualified yeah. that as saying the Rams. Well, the Bears already played the Chargers this year, so. Oh, of course, everybody. Astute, astute <laughs> listeners would know that the Bears do not play the Chargers twice in the same season. Right, but as I recall, the, the Lions give up the most receiving yards per game to running backs, so Cohen had uh, four catches, 23 yards, and a touchdown. All right, uh, Heath, give me a quick thought on Allen Robinson, who bounced back with a nice game. I was surprised he was 84% started, six catches for 86 yards. I thought maybe people would get away from him a little bit more than that, maybe with all the buys. Well, yeah, give me a quick thought on Robinson. He's very, very good. I wish he had a better quarterback, but he's someone you should start every week as a number two wide receiver. I'm glad everyone did. All right, Cleveland 19, Buffalo 16. Believe it or not, Josh Allen is going to continue to find ways to be a good fantasy quarterback while being a bad actual quarterback. Nope. No. Schedule's about to get brutal after he faces Miami next week. Oh, my God. You almost can put him on the waiver wire. Um, if If you're using him next week against Miami, of course, that's fine. It's a good matchup. But after that, I think he's... He's done. I don't think you can feel good about starting him. I've got a better, believe it or not. Believe it or not, Odell Beckham is about to go off now that the tough part of his schedule is done. Believe it. Um, I don't believe it because he's playing <laughs> Pittsburgh next. Yeah, and I know. That's going to be tough. Two of his next but then he's games. got Miami. He's got two. We talked about this. He's got two games left this year where you'll happily start him. It's Miami and it's Cincinnati. And if you play into week 17, it's Cincinnati again. And maybe you throw Arizona in there. Who knows how they'll do? Who knows what that team will look like by that point? I also have a believe it or not in this game. Oh, three. Go ahead. Believe it or not, John Brown is just a flex. Don't believe it. He's going to score some touchdowns soon enough. He's getting targets, catches, and yards every week. Buy low. He's the safest. He has had 50, 50 yards every week. Is there one other wide receiver who's done that? Michael Thomas. Um, I, I mean, that's a, that's a great floor. So, huh. Well, if the schedule is about to get hard for Josh Allen. I kind of agree. Shouldn't it, it also be hard for John Brown? And if Allen can't connect with Brown, what good is Brown? Well, he is connecting with Brown. What good are all these targets that he's, he's getting? He's connecting with him. It's just not for he touchdowns. Had 11, he, he caught five of 11 targets. He hasn't caught a touchdown since September. Pretty sure that's right. He caught a Don't touchdown. No, he caught a touchdown in week seven against the Dolphins. Week one and week seven. Okay, fine. And he plays the Dolphins next. So that might be your last hurrah with John Brown. All right. Let me just make sure Michael Thomas has had 50. Yeah, Michael Thomas had 54 yards. That was his lowest of the season. I'd love to know how many receivers have had 50 yards every game. I bet it's a, sh- a short list. Uh, next up, Baltimore 49, Cincinnati 13. I mean, right from the first play of this game. It yep. was so obvious. If you own Lamar Jackson, you're going to win this week. <laughs> uh, Heath, what's our <laughs> believe it or not? You shouldn't bench Joe Mixon ever anymore because whenever we do, he has a good game. Oh, how about no? Believe it or not, whoever sold Saquon Barkley... And uh, Will Fuller for Joe Mixon and Stefan Diggs was a fantasy genius, even if he benched Joe Mixon this week, <laughs> which of like course I did. You're like sitting at like two and seven right now. Or three and two six. And eight. Three and six. Oh, like game, your team's man. terrible. You can't that's, be a fantasy genius that's my for making worst a bad trade and having a bad team. That's my worst trade. And I guess I benched uh, Joe Mixon this week. Uh, I, I'll let Dave answer first. 
You should. What was it again? I, I'm in, not, you shouldn't I, bench Mixon. I'm, I'm encouraged Don't by Mixon. Don't bench Joe Mixon anymore. I'm encouraged by his 150 total yards, and I will say that next week and the week after, you can use him as a as at least a bye week replacement running back. He had 30 carries. How many times is he going to get 30 carries? They were at they're at Oakland and Pittsburgh and the Jets the, the next three weeks. Those are tough run defenses. So is Baltimore. But he had 30 carries. And Giovanni Bernard got hurt too, by the way. Uh, I'm not, probably not benching him again, but in case you hadn't heard, he got 30 carries. What, what do you think, Heath? <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> Less than I don't yards really believe hurt. it. I, I think he's probably still going to have several bad games. This is a bad offense. I was not impressed by what they look like without Andy Dalton. A lot of their production seemed to come after the game was decided. And in fairness, the game was decided after one quarter. So, <laughs> I, no, I don't believe it. Uh, believe it or not, Tyler Boyd is nothing more than a flex. I think I think you can start him pretty safely in PPR. I believe it. You believe that he's nothing more than a flex? Yep. Okay. I think he might be a low end number two receiver in PPR. John Brown in or Tyler PPR, Boyd? He might be a he might be a bench guy, not even a flex. Who, who would you rather have, John Brown or Tyler Boyd? I'll take Brown just so I have him for this coming week's game against Miami. John might end Brown. up dropping both of these guys by the end of the season. Well, Ryan right, Finley but, did but not look good. Boyd does have Oakland next week, so he also has a good matchup. All right, here we go. Tennessee 35, Kansas City 32. Heath? Believe it or not, you should hold Ryan Tannehill through the bye because his floor is 22 fantasy points. Four games in a row. It's, it's unbelievable. And he, he really didn't have a lot of pass attempts. First of all, he didn't have a lot of pass attempts in the game. He only attempted 19 passes. And he, like, I think it was like the middle of the third quarter, he only had attempted 11 passes at that point. Dave. Just really didn't do a lot. Believe it or it. not. Believe it or not. Ryan Tannehill I don't think you need to hold on to him. Yes, me either. Heath? No, I'm not going to hold him to the bye. <laughs> well, two quarterback leagues, you'll hold him. But oh, one yeah. quarterback leagues, no way. Two quarterback leagues. There, there really are no hard roster decisions with quarterbacks in two quarterback leagues. You don't drop them. Uh, what else from this game here? Uh, believe it or not, Sammy Watkins yeah. is nothing more than a flex. Oh, I believe that. Me too. Yeah, I mean, what, he had 10 points in this game? I I think he He had nine in PPR. Well, in decimal scoring, he had, he had 10, right? Sure. Okay. <laughs> and nine targets. Actually, averaged, he had 10.1 Heath. And he's averaged nine targets per game. I'm probably still starting the guy averaging nine targets with Patrick Mahomes, yeah, even if he's yeah. only scoring 10 to 12 points. He's averaging nine targets per game for the season? Yep. It's kind of a useless exercise, don't you think? It's ridiculous. No, it is ridiculous. Like, you can't do that. He played three, four games without Sammy Watkins. You have to look at the games he played with Watkins and Mahomes. You mean with Tyreek? Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. With, with Tyreek Hill. The games that yeah. Sammy Watkins played with Watkins? Yeah, he's yeah. played all of his games. Is it, yeah. But, he's I also mean, averaging nine targets per game in his last three, and Tyreek Hill's played all of those. Yeah, but... And say, the but most say, targets he had in the game Mahomes was 13, didn't. and that was the game in week one when Tyreek Hill started. So what... Tyreek Hill got hurt in that game. You know, nine targets. you know he got hurt in that game, and Patrick Mahomes. If he gets nine, if he gets nine targets a game, he's more than he's going to be more than a flex. But I'm there just is skeptical. No, there is no segment of his season that you can use where he's not averaging nine targets. Is what I'm saying. I his understand. His last three games since Hill came back, he's averaging nine targets. 
I'm just looking at the games with Mahomes. Yes, Mahomes threw 50 passes in this game. Joe Mixon had 30 carries. Mahomes had threw 50 oh. passes. And Which let, games are you? Do you, would you like to use? No, I just look. I don't. Be, I don't believe he's going to get nine targets a game. Do you? I think he probably like he. I don't know why he wouldn't. Because he didn't There's last nothing year. To point to him. Why would he this year when he didn't last? He got year? like eight. He got like eight last year. Did he have that many? It, how dominant is this run game going to be? We've talked a lot about Damian Williams not. being the guy. It's not. It's Patrick Mahomes' team. Bad. So I think the target share is going to be there for Sammy Watkins, but I think he's proven yeah. pretty frequently that even when he has a nice target share, it doesn't mean he's going to get a lot of fantasy points. All he right. had 10.1 today, and frankly, he was lucky to have that. 10.1 in decimal that, scoring. We know this, yes. Right. Uh, all right. <laughs> Atlanta 26, New Orleans 9. Heath. Believe it or not, Brian Hill should be the top waiver wire priority this week. I know. I believe, believe it until I'm convinced otherwise. You know, if we hear on Monday, Devontae Freeman will be fine. Don't worry about it. Then he won't be. I, but if we hear Devontae Freeman's in a walking boot and going to miss some time, I'm going to go get him. Believe it or not. Back. Believe it or not. 55 divided by 10 does not equal 7. It does not equal 8. Do, do you believe that? It, it equals 5.5. Correct. So that's how many targets per game Sammy Watkins had last year. Well, he had two games. Oh, good. I'm glad like we were staying with combined. the Falcon Saints game. <laughs> okay. Falcon Saints. Yeah, Brian Hill, top waiver wire priority. Great. Beautiful. Um, what else in this game? Believe it or not, Jared Cook is a must-start tight end. I'm not believing it. I know he had 10 targets. I want to see. Uh, I need to see more consistency. I think he's a good streamer. <laughs> Today is classic Adam versus Heath. Heath, believe it or not, uh, Jared Cook must start tight end. I said no already. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. Tampa Bay 30, Arizona 27. Big time of possession discrepancy here. Uh, Tampa Bay had the ball for about 13 more minutes. Than Arizona. What's the believe it or not? Kyler Murray is going to be a must start quarterback for the rest of the season. David? His schedule is tough. I can't say he's a must start. He's been so good, but I don't think we can call him a must start. I'm on the fence. He's close. He's not doing that much with his rushing totals, it's usually two to four points per game. No rushing touchdowns mm-hmm. in five straight games, but that could always change. He could always score. I think he's. I don't think he's a must start, and I'll just take play the technicality because if you own Kyler Murray, you probably took him late. You might have another guy. Like I don't think he's like a must start. I don't think there are that many. No doubt about it, must starts. So I will say Kyler Murray's not one of them. I don't believe it, but I do think this was. I do believe that this was one of my best believer knots that I've made up on the fly tonight. <laughs> that was pretty good. It really made it was thought provoking. Um, he he definitely should not be dropped. If you're heading toward the playoffs and you've got Kyler Murray on your roster, you've got to keep him. I don't think that that's shocking news. Week 15, home against Cleveland. Week 16, at Seattle. I, I like his chances to put up numbers in those games. And what do we know? You know, against the Rams, he might be able to put up some okay numbers. That's going to be a game after he takes on San Francisco. He did manage to find over 20 fantasy points against the 49ers in week number nine. He, he's he got appeal. I don't think he's a must-start, lock-him-up, that's-it, he's-your-guy 
type of quarterback. Meanwhile, Jameis Winston is insane. Like, he's got 300-plus passing yards in six of his last seven games, and he still can't score more than 23 fantasy points in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. And 23 is probably on most weeks going to get you around QB 10, something like that, but he just can't have these big games, even when he throws for like 400-something yards because he did so many turnovers. So, I don't, I, believe it or not, uh, you know, forget that. Who's better rest of season, Jameis Winston with his beautiful schedule or Kyler Murray? Who would you rather have? Jameis. Jameis. I'd rather have Jameis. All right, he's got to start throwing it more touchdowns. sounds gross, I know, but uh, that's who I'd rather have. You at all worried about Chris Godwin? Definitely not a bad game. Six catches, 74 yards on 12 targets. But this is three, you know, kind of disappointing games in a row. You worried at all about Godwin? No, sorry, he's not giving you 20 fantasy points. Yeah, it was fantastic. He's great. He's fine, and the target share is good. Miami 16, Indianapolis 12. Believe it or not, Heath. Kalen Balazs is the worst running back (laughs) in the history of football. (laughs) Wow. There's got to be someone worse than Kalen Balazs. But not John that much. We have no video evidence of that person. Oh Kalen Balaj or John Hilleman, Heath. Oh. I I'd rather have John give John Hilleman another shot. We've seen Kalen Balaj be bad for three months. But here's 40, the thing. 45 20. yards on twenty-four touches. Yeah. Forty five yards <laughs> on twenty-four oh. touches. But he had twenty-four against touches. The Colts. They have a good run defense. They do. They've gotten a lot better lately. Oh, but I'm not bel- I'm not gonna belittle him. He's doing better than I would do. But listen, if he gets I'm twenty not carries. So sure, Dave. If he gets twenty carries slow. against the Bills, twenty carries against the Bills next week, he'll be a top twenty running back for sure on the Dolphins. I don't believe it. Don't believe it. I believe I it. I can't start him. I can't do it. I don't think He's I can drop him. No better than a bye week guy. Yeah. You're not he gonna came drop into him. This okay. game, I believe 20 averaging carries. two 2.4 yards per carry or something, and his yards per carry may have gone down. Well, I just think... It look, had to have. He was at, uh, like, yeah, 2.2. It, it, it did go down. Um, I know he's not good, but 20 carries is hard to walk away from if they don't turn to Patrick Laird or something like that. Um, believe it or not... Gaskins. They didn't use Gaskin. They used him for one catch for no yards, but he did <laughs> not have a carry. <laughs> uh, I stand corrected. Believe it or not, you can drop <laughs> Zach Paschal. They have the Jaguars next week. He He's a, a flex candidate. If Kobe Brissett's back, he's a flex candidate. Okay. Brian this Hoyer, loss Brian is Hoyer lost Brian to the Dolphins. Hoyer. It was not or yeah. it is? Oh, it's on oh, Hoyer. Yeah. He lost to the Dolphins. terrible. Yeah. Green Bay 24, Carolina 16. Did you know it snowed in Green Bay? It was the earliest snow game they've ever had in their franchise history. Amazing. Literally snowed two weeks ago <laughs> there. It was not surprising at all. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, believe it or not, we still haven't seen the best of DJ Moore. I think we're in the middle oh, of seeing no, I don't believe that. the best of DJ yeah, Moore. That's what I believe. Yeah. He's got two straight 100 yards. He's, he's still not scoring any touchdowns. He scored like four touchdowns ever. He's a dream come true in PPR. You can set your watch to 15 PPR points every week. Yeah, uh, Kyle Allen's not playing poorly. I mean, I know he didn't have a good fantasy game, but he's he's doing a nice job. 15 fantasy points in this game. Um, 307 yards at Green Bay. 
Well, I, I will yeah. I will just say DJ Moore has the Falcons twice, Washington, Seattle, Indianapolis. I I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. Well, that's a good thing then for DJ Moore fantasy managers because he was starting seventy four percent of leagues and he's been a PPR stud. Uh, believe it or not, Curtis Samuel is it is a flex at best. No, no, he definitely is. Curtis Samuel is overowned at eighty two percent. Believe it or not, don't believe it. That easy, nice, attractive schedule for DJ Moore. It's there for Curtis Samuel too. And he's the he he has four red zone touchdowns now this year. Yeah. I believe it. You believe it? It's tough. I it's do. Like, I... Yeah, I, it's like how can you drop a guy? He scored. He scored two straight games. I, yeah, but still, it's like I don't buy the production necessarily. I I think there's a lot of similarities between Curtis Samuel, um, Kenny Stills, Darius Slayton. Mike Williams, like that that whole group of guys that you're just hoping scores a touchdown each week, and Samuel has recently, but that's not much of a guarantee moving forward. What do you guys make of Aaron Rodgers right now? He scored nine fantasy points in this game. Yeah. I think he's playing great. I just he keeps yes. handing the ball off near the end zone. Right. <laughs> he, all he, he, has, he has bought into this team needs to be balanced. They need to lean on the running backs. He's not being selfish about the touchdowns. Uh, you know, occasionally he's had some games where he has been, but he's also used the running backs in those games. So maybe it's a fine line that he's walking, but I'm, I'm not sold on him being a, uh, just like Kyler Murray, a slam dunk must start fantasy quarterback week in and week out on a per game basis. Cause the Packers have a bye next week. Who's better Kyler Murray or Aaron Rodgers? going forward. Rodgers. I'm tempted to say Rodgers just based on the majority of the schedule that he has left. All right, Pittsburgh 17 and the Rams 12. Great defensive battles in this game. Safeties, touchdowns. Uh, Pittsburgh 17, Rams 12, our last game, Heath. You do not have any justification for continuing to start Juju Smith-Schuster. Believe it. This was we knew this was going to be a tough one for him. He had three catches, forty-four yards. Uh, yeah, no, I don't believe it. I think he's more startable than that. It's going to be interesting. I mean, he's got a pretty good schedule moving forward. I'm probably going to continue to start him, but I'm not going to feel good about it. This is this is an anti Heath starter because he's not getting crazy targets week in and week out. He was tied for second for most targets on his own team, but he still only had six. Only caught half of them. Yeah. Well, I just, I'm not going to judge him too harshly in a game where we knew he was probably going to struggle. Yeah. Um, but James Washington, his new name is Juju Flex Schuster. <laughs> okay. Bonus, believe it or not, Adam. Uh oh. Believe it or not, Kyle Rudolph caught two passes uh. for two yards and two touchdowns in the first quarter against the Cowboys. Believe it. You're right. Believe it or not, that was such a jerk thing. You know how much I hate that, and that was really a very mean thing to do. Very mean. Also, as someone who was very high in the Cowboys DSC, I'm not happy about that. All right, we're out of here, everybody. Oh, also, I traded, I traded uh, Chris Towers, Kirk Cousins today in a league without realizing that I was facing Chris today and that he didn't have a quarterback. <laughs> 
but it, yeah, it doesn't. It's not going to make a difference. Genius. The the game. Yeah, Genius I should have, should have looked at that. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, for Heath, for Dave, I'm Adam. We'll talk to you nah. on Monday. Nah, 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 nah. nah. nah.